my family is incredibly close um, and my friendships are really strong. Um, but I think it was something that I couldn't put my finger on. So it wasn't necessarily something that I, I knew to reach out to people for um, or to ask them for advice on. It was just, I think it was genuinely just a moment of, well, several moments of, of just, I guess, this limbo feeling or, or what you just said there, like th this space. Um, and like looking back, I understand what all that meant. Um, but I think at the time it was just kind of, yeah, I, I just wasn't sure. G'day and welcome to episode 80 of the Humans of Agriculture podcast. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording this episode, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. would like to extend those respects to the lands on wherever you may be listening to the podcast. This podcast has been sponsored by LAWD, the specialists in agribusiness valuations and transactions. If you're looking to get your foot into farming or rural life, LAWD can definitely help you out. So check out their website, lawd.com.au. My next guest is a mate, and at very short notice, I hit him up to get him on the podcast. Dave's the customer support and consultant manager at AgriWeb based in Sydney. And what I really enjoyed about this chat was, we, honestly, it just felt like we were sitting down for a yarn and that you guys are just coming along to listen in. Thing. What's cool, Dave's career actually started off in the TV and film industry. He talks about a few learnings over the five years he had there. He reflects at many times, like when he was leaving school and also at university, he just didn't know what he was wanting to do. And that decision to then step into agriculture at a university level came at a time where Dave was really just trying to work out who he was personally and how he fits into the world. I hope you guys enjoy this chat because... I, uh, I really did, and it's definitely one I think I'll listen to a couple of times because Dave's approach to everything, whether it's been just how he engages with people, how he works with the farmers and, and his genuine care for the people around him. I reckon if anyone's working for Dave or alongside him, you'd be pretty bloody lucky. Enjoy the chat. <laughs> Mate, I want to jump in. Obviously, you're working in agriculture and agri-web now, but going back to a younger Dave, you're a bit like me, grew up in Sydney, but what was your connection to agriculture? Was there a connection growing up? Yeah, I, I suppose there wasn't necessarily. I mean, my dad grew up in Lithgow in New South Wales, and that's probably the closest to country <laughs> I got. Um, but ever since I was a little kid, dad and I just always had this love for the country um, we'd always want to go on on drives and, and trips out to the country and we definitely share this love for the land and um, and horses as well actually um, you know watching the man from snowy river growing up um, and absolutely loving that and um, my uncle um, owns uh, quite a few horses and we call him the horse whisperer um, and uh, I often spent time with him um, working with the horses and things. And I think that, you know, cultivated a lot of the love for, um, you know, the animals and, and ag. And then I think, yeah, there, there wasn't necessarily a defining moment, but I've just always found a sense of, I guess, joy 
um, when I'm in the country or, or with people um, that are in the industry. Interesting. So tell me, what did, what did you want to be when you were growing up? Oh, I didn't have a clue. Um, probably just Jim from the man from Snowy River. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think coming out of school, I didn't have any idea what I wanted to do. And my sister um, works in the TV industry and um, she just said to me, oh, you know, we're starting a new show. Do you want to work on it? It'll be really fun. And I was like, absolutely. Like all my mates were going to uni and, um, and I knew they were going to be a bit broke and all of that. And I had this opportunity to work for a little while and um, get some cash and then go on a holiday is kind of the, the plan that I had at the time. Um, and then, so that was a pretty cool experience working in the TV industry. Um, you learn a lot of, of weird and wonderful things, um, but a lot of life lessons and um, you work really hard and you have very interesting experiences. Um, but I guess I got to a point of just understanding that it wasn't my passion. Um, it was lots of fun and on some of the different shows that I got to work on, you know, I, I got to meet some different celebrities and things and working on the voice and some of those shiny floor shows, um, which was, yeah, really, really cool. But um, I, yeah, I got to the point where I was like, this, this isn't my passion. Um, and I remember a pivotal moment when I was, I was working on one of those cheesy murder documentaries where they reenact the murders. Um, and we were filming late at night uh, in a, a bush reserve and a storm hit. And I remember standing there in this like leech infested um, part of the bush, holding an umbrella over the cameraman's lights <laughs> while I was getting drenched in, in the, in the storm and just going, yeah, what, what am I doing here? What, what's this all about? And um, yeah. And, and then from there, so I spent about five years doing all the TV stuff and then I started to go, yeah, I want to do something else. Um, and I found the, um, Bachelor of, of Science in Ag at Sydney University. And I actually, a few people laugh at me about this, but I remember looking through like the course outline for that and smiling and just going, yeah, this, this looks really good. This is what I want to do. Um, so I went and started that. And I think that was the first, yeah, I guess the, the entry into the ag industry. Um, and it was probably the best decision. Yeah, wow. Uh, was that just completely out of the blue? What well, career-wise, did you have anything in mind? Because science, a science degree from, and this is judging a book by its cover, but from a creative kind of background of film and TV, et cetera, seems a little bit strange, but maybe not. Yeah. Um, I Yeah. I, I mean, I liked, I did biology and, and stuff in high school and was intrigued by all of that. I can't say I was very good at it, but I was definitely intrigued by it. Science, um, I, I really, I really love. And yeah, I mean, I was looking at environmental science degrees and a few different other things. And um, at one stage, I, I was looking at a couple of the courses up at UNE and things like that. Um, and then, yeah, I found the UCID one. And yeah, I was just sort of like, yeah, they, these 
units, you know, it, it just seemed to fit and I don't really know why, but definitely at that point I was like, yeah, this, this is what I want to do. And the rest is history. They say, yeah. Question. Cause I know you were a Barker boy and Barker have absolutely taken off and I'm loving seeing everything that Scott Graham's doing for ag as a subject there was agricultural subject in year 12 or not for you um it wasn't and i actually went to st leo's which was um just opposite barker Um, yeah yeah so yeah leo's in Rurunga, but no it it wasn't a, a subject um and so i had i didn't have any exposure to it in that sense um but it was i i think initially it was the science aspects that drew me to it um and you know yeah the the I guess the intrigue about chemistry and, and, you know, reactions and processes. And, and um, I, I think I get a bit of that from my dad. He was a geography teacher um, and he's just, he's like my go-to. Like I don't go to bomb anymore to get the weather. I just message Dan and say, what's happening and um and he, he knows it all um he calls the dust storms he calls the floods he calls you know it all and um we've got a joke in the office that if you want to know what's coming just call den mate you probably should have gone to him when you're still in the film industry as well you yeah could have worked out there's a storm coming <laughs> <laughs> oh my mistake i should have done my homework on what school you went to for some reason i thought that was it anyway so going through uni end up getting through the, the degree, tick the box. What was, what was sitting on the other side for you? What were, what were the interests once you'd sat yeah, in the lecture halls for a few years? Yeah. Well, again, I didn't really know. Um, I was having that moment of kind of going, um, oh yeah, well, what, what will I do? Um, will I go out, um, you know, to some regional areas? Will I, will I work on some properties? Um, what will I do? And I guess at that point, I was kind of going through a bit of a transition in life on a few different levels. Um, I guess just simply the going from the the TV production work to the agricultural degree. Um, but I was also working things out about life and, and my sexuality as well. Um, and I think I had a bit of nervousness around all of that, I think. Um, and trying to understand, well, well, what does, who, who is Dave and, and how does he fit into the world and, and where is he going to end up? Um, and so I definitely had a stage where I was just sort of thinking, oh, yeah, well, what will I do? Do I have to, like, pick up my life and go out, you know, to the, to the regional areas? Where will I go? What will I do? Um, I'd, I'd, you know, worked on a couple of different properties here and there, but nothing, you know, for, for a long period or anything. So that was all a bit confronting. Um, but then I, my mate, um, Alistair Clark was, um, working at AgriWeb and he said to me, oh, you know, they're looking for some new staff. Do you want to check it out? And at that point I was sort of just thinking about it. Um, as something to fulfill my placement needs for uni because we were coming to the end of that. Um, and yeah, I, I went in and I met the team and then I, I genuinely had a moment of going, oh, this, this is where I fit. Um, I remember coming to a, a networking event here and um, yeah, I was, I was late. I was, you know, scrambling and, and, you know, 
I, I walked in and just the conversations that I had and listening to the co-founders speak and, and, you know, the mission for the company and what they were striving for, I was just like, oh, yeah, this, this is where I fit. Um, and so, yeah, he, here I am at Agareb now and, and I'm loving it um, and pretty, it, it's definitely driving a lot of, a lot of my passion. Hey, it's Nick here, sheep farmer and Rabobank Regional Client Council member. I'm passionate about supporting our local community so we can improve community wellbeing and build strong local economies. My job as a client council member is to help secure funding for regional grassroots initiatives, those that support education in ag, rural health, sustainability, and help bridge the country-city divide. We've helped organisations like Boys to the Bush, funded school field days like Ag Vision, and held succession planning workshops, just to name a few. If you have an idea to make a difference to regional Australia, go to our website at www.rabobank.com.au and nominate via our community fund. We'd love to hear from you. I really want to build in on the AgriWeb stuff because I think... Well, watching you on the screen, you can see you, you start to smile. And I think that's it. You just see someone's passion really start to come through when they're talking about something, which uh, I, I won't use the word love, but when they truly are passionate about something. Oh, stepping back, and, and you've mentioned it a couple of times, the, the piece of not knowing um, mm. at, at school, not knowing what you wanted to do and kind of just going and doing something, nearly filling space potentially, and then that not knowing beyond uni. Did you have people you were leaning on or... As, as you mentioned and go into as much or as little detail as you want, but you were working out um, who Dave was, which is like incredibly profound and also at a fairly young age too, that you're going through these challenges. Did you have people you were leaning on or did you feel that there wasn't really that support network? Yeah, no, I definitely had a support network. My family is incredibly close um, and my friendships are really strong. Um, but I think it was something that I couldn't put my finger on. So it wasn't necessarily something that I, I knew to reach out to people for um, or to ask them for advice on. It was just, I think it was genuinely just a moment of, well, several moments of, of just, I guess, this limbo feeling or, or what you just said there, like th this space. Um, and like looking back, I understand what all that meant. Um, but I think at the time it was just kind of, yeah, I, I just wasn't sure. Um, and I guess that transcends into a lot of areas in my life, really. And so advice, I'm accelerating my questions here today. Advice to someone who's sitting in that limbo. I think for so many people, there's so much unknown, but with the ability to look back and from your own perspective, what would you say to them about that? Good question. I think I'd say have confidence in the fact that you can feel your way through it and to not regret anything um like you could you could easily say that you know i you know i started uni late and you know did all of that um and maybe you know that put me behind but i, I don't actually feel like that um i feel like all the experiences i've had have um been important and i've learned the things that i've needed to um and i think that puts me in a place today where 
I feel like I can take on any challenge and, um, you know, take it head on. And so, yeah, I think the advice would just be to, to push through, feel your way through it, experiment, fail, succeed, and, and just know that it was all supposed to happen. It's, um, it's bloody good advice. And, and I think the other part is, is something that I always come back to. And it's like, you might feel like you're behind at some stage, but then you also look at where you, we are now still in our twenties. It's like, holy hell in the, in the scheme of things are actually still so young. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And I think it's really important from my perspective to step back and reflect on those moments. Um, I, I feel like that definitely helps to reset your, your mindset or, or your perspective. Um, and it helps when, you know, you, you might be having a moment of doubt in your abilities or looking at other people and comparing. And I think, you know, you can step back and go, oh, wow, I, I have, you know, learned a lot. I've come pretty far and, and look at what I'm achieving. Yeah, for sure. Well, mate, I, looking from the outside in, it's like you've got your shit sorted and that's something that I, I want to ask you about. So before we even start talking about companies or anything else, this whole finding yourself and finding and being comfortable with who Dave is, I'd love to know what is it, what is it you're passionate about? Like what actually drives you? Yeah. I think helping people is what drives me. Um, when you asked that um, earlier, I was having a bit of a think about it and, and it's helping people. And that's what I um, get my fulfillment from. And whether it's, um, you know, the customers that I work alongside with every day in my job, or if it's my family and friends um, or just anyone I, I come into contact with in, in my network, if I can find a way to help them, then I am fulfilled. Uh, and I think that's, that's what um, drives my passion. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's interesting because I've talked to a few people about some of the things that I want to do later in life. Um, and I'm absolutely completely passionate about agriculture and, and the sustainability of our environment and, and where we're going with all of that. But I'm also incredibly passionate about um, mental health and people's well-being, And I have this vision of me bringing the two together at some point. And I don't really know how that'll happen or, or what that will look like. But um, I think both of those show that it's, that it's about, you know, serving people and, and helping them to be, I guess, the best versions of them and, and helping them to do good for the environment as well. It's really interesting. Do you, do you ever find it, unfulfilling is not the right word but in terms of do you find you end up focusing on pleasing others to the detriment of yourself yeah probably probably quite a bit um yeah. but I think I, I think I used to do that um a lot more than I do now I think I've definitely put a lot of emphasis on my own well-being um particularly throughout lockdown and, and stuff like that. But I guess I've um, over the years, and I guess this goes back to, you know, some of the bits and pieces around, you know, the journey I've been on to discovering who I am. 
Um, I've, you know, been seeing a psychologist for many, many years. Um, and the other day I was kind of reflecting on that and that journey that um, my psychologist, Fiona, she has been on that journey with me for like six years. And over that time, I can definitely see a big change in, um, in a person who was quite anxious, I would say, um, lacking confidence and now a person who um, can be comfortable in their own space and um, find a way to sort of work through any, um, I guess, negative moments that come up. Um, and, and I think a lot of it is about having, uh, acquiring the tools to be able to, to manage that. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing I've learned is it's all about, yeah, acquiring tools, having different strategies um, and just being able to pull them in at different times um, when, you know, shit hits the fan and, and it all gets a bit much. Holy hell, mate. That's seriously impressive. It's building that <laughs> network around you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's um, pretty important. And, and the network is incredibly important. I think you need to surround yourself with people um, that support you and, and, um, want the best for you. I want to ask around, so you, you mentioned this lacking of confidence piece. So how has agriculture unlocked that for you or been front and center in this transformational change that is Dave? Mm, that's a good question. I think it's, I mean, when, when you're passionate about something and you love what you're doing, um, you're confident in it. And I, I pride myself, I suppose, on the fact that, yeah, I didn't grow up in the country, but I've got a really good handle on, um, on what our producers and, and our farmers want and need and, and how, you know, they're living their, their lives. And a lot of that comes from listening um, and just hearing you know, the, the struggles that they're going through or, you know, the, the highs and the lows and just wanting to learn as much as I can. And so I think the confidence comes from um, experiencing that mutual respect of, you know, I have a certain amount of knowledge, but there's a lot of things that I don't know. And every time I have a conversation with, um, with someone within the industry, whether it's, you know, a customer of ours or, um, or someone else that I've come into contact with, I'm genuinely intrigued um, about what they're doing and how they're doing it. And I guess from that, um, it helps me to, I've kind of lost my train of thought there, but uh, I, I suppose that helps me um, stay on track with, with what I'm, trying to achieve and yeah I, I guess yeah to some yeah in case I'm repeating myself I, I think it's just a thing about if if you're doing what you love then you've got this innate confidence regardless and that flows on throughout everywhere it's interesting because yeah this is why I'd, I do enjoy the podcast because at times it's like 
more often than not, probably there'll be somewhere there are questions that I'll be wondering myself and I'll be like, mm, I'm trying to work this out. I'm just going to ask this week's guest. Um, <laughs> but I think that piece around confidence is, is a really interesting one because it's amazing at different times. I'd say my career, but my life, when you, when you feel that confidence start to lack, just it, things can really start to fall into disarray, but then actually, yeah, where how you rebuild that confidence and then how you prioritize things. It's a really interesting space to, I, I certainly haven't nailed it. And I think that's kind of the balance of the more you take on as well. Um, the, the harder things are to balance, but then it doesn't take a lot to kind of throw that out of whack. And all of a sudden that confidence piece, which kind of comes across everywhere can actually start to creep in. And really interesting kind of personally to think about that. Yeah, I agree. Deep, mate, deep. Building on the sustainability environmental piece, uh, AgriWeb, when you first heard about it, you mentioned right at the beginning that your mate Alistair, I was going to say Alistair Clarkson, he's not the Hawthorne coach, but Alistair <laughs> Clark uh, mentioned it to you. So what was that, that mission that you heard about that really kind of captivated you? Yeah, so uh, I think, I mean, the 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 actual mission you know delivering the digital future of agriculture and and that um the the sustainability of our environment and our climate um i think a lot behind that yes that that's a series of words but a lot behind that is the people and a collective passion um people as passionate as me <laughs> um you know on, on a journey together to deliver the, these tools and, and gather, you know, thousands of people together um, to move them forward and to move the industry forward. Um, and I think, you know, that that's what spoke to me. Um, and I, I just think, you know, it inspires me to, to get up and, and to, to do this work and to um, work with people and to help them move their businesses forward and, and move, you know, the, the world forward, I guess it's, it's a massive deal. I think um, it's, it's a massive industry and it has such a important part to play in all of our lives. Like everyone needs to eat. Right. Um, and so, and yeah, I think from a technology standpoint, um, there's so much more that we can achieve with it. And that excites me. Um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool space to be in. And I love that you kind of came back to the, the business piece of being, it's about the people that yes, technology is part of it, but like the technology is the tool. And then it, there's something incredibly noble and about agriculture, but building off of that, you look at the recent discussions and I think you can either go, we're doomed and bury your head in the sand and, and look at it a certain way, but also Jesus, some opportunities in agriculture and it's to the world's kind of biggest problems. And that's where I'd say what, what I love about this is humans of ag is we're literally just the, the audience. We're just here asking questions and coming along that journey, but that, that piece in ag and bigger things like carbon sequestration and, and helping feed people more efficiently. Uh, is that a key part in getting you out of bed in the morning? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's interesting. You, you mentioned the, the aspect of, you know, I guess the, the negativity around the industry that, 
that's often raised in, I guess, the, the mainstream media. Um, I've got a bit of a view that those stories are outdated. Um, that's not the story that we need to be telling about the agricultural industry. It's all the incredible things that are happening as a result of the people and the technology that's available to achieve that. And so what I'm actively trying to do in you know small ways, I think, is just raise the awareness of all those amazing things that are happening, those you know one percent improvements um, in efficiency of of cattle and and sheep um, to to reduce emissions and all the incredible work you know with the seaweed additives and you know the technology to help a producer become an even better manager and producer like all those bits and pieces um, are the ticket to moving the needle um, and reducing our emissions and regenerating you know the the environment and I think they're the stories that we need to tell and that's one thing that I love about your podcast and the stories that you're telling is um, all the people you're showcasing all the people contributing to that um, and I genuinely share, you know, your podcast with everyone that that isn't, you know, in the industry, because I'm like, you need to hear this. You need to understand what's happening so that you can then go on and tell 10 more people. And then, you know, the stories then get told um, because, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm a little bit sick of seeing those headlines of cows are bad for the planet because they're not. <laughs> yeah. So a much bigger discussion isn't it but i also think it's funny you're talking about the seaweed additives and whatnot like i would say i'm fairly across the news particularly in an agriculture sense of what's happening in australia but i don't know when i think of that i literally am thinking some big kelp forest and then it's nearly sushi being served up the cows in a in some sort of form but like even us me in the industry like i've got no idea really in, in the grand scheme of things. And it's like, well, how do we show people that? And that's mm. exactly where I want to take the evolution of humans of ag is beyond the podcast into being visual. Cause it's like, well, actually I'm pretty keen to go look at it myself. So <laughs> I might as well yeah. take the audience with me. <laughs> yeah. And I think everyone is. And I, I suppose, I mean, my intrigue with that has always been, Oh, okay. But uh, like going back to the science element, um, how does that actually work? Like what actually happens in that process, in that chemical reaction that means we can reduce the methane that's produced? And they're the sorts of things that I'm really fascinated about. I couldn't tell you much about, you know, the, the chemistry behind it, but I want to go and learn about it and then and understand that. Absolutely. No. Well, watch this space. 2022. We start promising the world now. Oh, jumping into you, you talked before, and uh, maybe it's where these different passions or, yeah, I think everything for you seems to come back to about people. So if we think of people at the circle, we've got humans of ag, agriculture on one side, broadly speaking, and then the mental health, it, it is Movember. So I know you guys are raising money as a business. What is it in terms of why is say Movember as an initiative for, for the month? important and and what why are you involved in it this year yeah i i think i mean the importance is again 
raising awareness. Like these, these are the kinds of conversations that we need to have. Um, and what I think is definitely happening is that people are getting more comfortable with talking about these things. Um, and it's, it's not something that you need to like, you know, hide away or, you know, talk in a dark room about like it's, it's important things and, um, you know, bring it up whenever you can. Um, but I think, I mean, the, the Movember um, charity focuses on a few different areas. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's raising awareness for mental health, but it's, it's also about suicide prevention and, and prostate and testicular cancer. Um, and I think, I, I, I don't know the stats, but I know a lot of people experience those sorts of things, whether it's them themselves or a family member um, going through those things. And um, I suppose my, my dad had prostate cancer um, a, a year ago. Um, and then that's, you know, come back, come back around this year and um, he'll be starting treatment soon for that, which is a little bit confronting because, you know, I sort of sit there and go, oh yeah, this, this doesn't happen to, to my family. Like, no, that this shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a bit confronting there. And I just think it's important um, for people to understand where they can go for support when, when these things arise, whether it's happening to you or a family member. Um, and yeah, I, I think particularly the, the mental health space, it's, it's been amplified, like mental ill health has been amplified with, with COVID and the lockdowns and all the different impacts on that. Um, and again, that's where I think some of the things that I've learned around employing different strategies and I guess coping mechanisms have been really helpful for that. Um, and I guess they're the sorts of things that I want to then share with, with other people as well. Um, and like a, a lot of my friends are a little bit sick of me, I think, of being like, oh, I use, you know, the Headspace app and, and I use the, the Center Fitness app and, and that kind of thing. And they, they often call me the cult leader because I'm trying to get everyone on it. Um, but it's not because I'm getting any sort of commission or anything like that, but yeah. it's, it, yeah, yet. I, uh, I should send some feedback. I'll make sure um, I get Chris Hemsworth across this episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's about, well, this has worked for me and I've found a lot of value in it and I really want it to work for you as well. And I think it might if you give it the chance. Um, and that's kind of what I'm trying to do. And so, you know, taking it back to why we're um, raising money for Movember is because you know, it's, it's a wonderful um, initiative that we can get behind and, and we, need to, we need to be a part of it. And I think also from the agricultural perspective, um, particularly, um, it's, it's, there's a lot of services that are not accessible to everyone in the, the rural communities. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that we need to do better um, on and and for those people to be able to um, to seek the support that they need, and I suppose that's one of the um, one of the other passions that I alluded to earlier was um, around bringing those services to more people, 
And I don't really know what that looks like yet, but I just know, like, I want to go and, you know, study psychology and, and um, start getting into that world as well and bring the two together. Um, Cause I know that there's a gap and I, I think there's a lot we can do there. Oh, wow. That's, that's really cool. You should, um, I'll introduce you. Grace was on a couple of episodes ago, but she's just finishing her master's of psych. And I reckon mm. you two would have plenty to talk about. I'll introduce yeah. you. Yeah. That'd be awesome. She's cool. That crosses over to something I wanted to ask you, which I think, yeah, you've, it might have alluded to, but, well, you didn't really, you, you're saying you don't have an idea, but in terms of the cross cross section between agriculture and rural Australia, the mental health piece is, is there any ideas coming to mind at this stage that you think, Oh, there's potentially a gap, different things you're seeing. Yeah. I I'm mulling over it. I I'm yeah, I, I'm not too sure, but I've seen, you know, groups like, um, are you bogged mate? And this is a conversation starter. Um, they're doing awesome work. Um, and yeah, for me, I guess it's just about, well, um, you know, can I participate in, in some of those, um, areas at some point, or is there something that hasn't been done yet that I can contribute to? Um, my, I've got a cousin, Rochelle, who does a lot of, uh, work with horses and her and I have talked, um, here and there about eventually running a a horse therapy, uh, kind of program. Um, so maybe that is, is something that we, we might explore, but yeah, I'm I'm not too sure yet. I I think a lot of it is around knowing that there's a gap, understanding that I, I tend to have a knack for, um, for, helping people in, in that regard. A, a lot of people in my life do share with me um, different things and, and I, I tend to help them unpack what, what's happening for them. And um, so there's that element, but then there's just the genuine curiosity and interest in psychology, um, which is kind of what started me on the path with agriculture was just a genuine curiosity. Um, and I, it's the same thing with psychology as well. Like I, I'm hungry to to learn more about that the constant evolution dave mm. constantly yep. learning hey that's it are you coming back to that position you're in earlier of, of not knowing what you want to do or are you you're pretty content at the moment and, and you've got a fair idea of the paths and how you can bolt on different things yeah that's a good question no i think i know i think i know what i want to do but the how do I get there is probably a bit hazy, but I'm not too worried about that. And I think that's a reflection of some of the things I've learned um, over the years. I was, when I was a lot younger, like a teenager and even a little kid, I was very much like I, I needed to know when or why or how something was going to happen. And I guess that's something that I've, um, I've learned to, I guess, manage over the years is, okay, maybe you don't need to know all the details around that. Just trust that, you know, something will, will happen eventually. Um, and I think that's a, a key thing that I've learned. Yeah. Cool. I think that flows very nicely into my next question. It's a question which I ask absolutely everybody. So you should be able to roll this one off your tongue. Advice. Mm. You get the chance to go back to St. Leo's get the school right this time and chat to the year 10 class. <laughs> well, what's your advice about 
what a career in agriculture could present to them and, and why they should consider it? Uh, I would say that the world is their oyster. Um, I'd say to them that you can go in having no idea what you want to do, but you'll find something within the agricultural industry, something that you're passionate about, something, some little tiny niche. There are so many elements um, that are wonderful. And um, yeah, I think that would be the advice. Just don't be afraid. Go and try lots of different things um, until you find uh, an aspect of the industry that that suits you because there is a lot and it's only, the opportunities are only, you know, increasing. Very sound advice. I've got something else, I'm, which I, I was listening to a podcast the other day and somebody, like the guy implemented this and, and I love it. I can, oh, I'll, I'll try it online. And if it doesn't work, I'll just cut this section out. I'm going to ask you to come up with a question. It can be absolutely anything for me to ask another guest at some stage in the future. And I'm going to start documenting them in a book and I'm just going to start mm. reeling them out. The guy the, in the podcast I listened to, the question which a stranger had submitted was, are you happy? So okay, think anything. The first thing that comes to mind can be deep, can be, yeah, high level, up to you. Ooh, I think I'd want to ask, how did you know it was the right move? Or like, how did you know it was the right direction? Okay. Something like that. <laughs> cool. Well, I'll, um, I've written that in my book and I'll come back to that at some stage. How good. <laughs> I'm going to be interesting to see. That one, when the guy said, the question I've got here is, are you happy? It was like, yeah. wow, that's a really interesting question. That's very deep. Can I ask you that? Are you, are you happy? Yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> very good. I'm happy too. I don't know what you guys thought about it at your end, but I felt like I was nearly having a bit of a session of my own, getting some great advice off Dave. If you're around Coli this weekend, the 27th, we are hosting a podcast live with the Coli Hotel, which will be coming to your ears hopefully next Wednesday, if you can't make it there with us. Also, just a reminder, we've got our Super Saturdays happening with the Syngenta Growth Award winners, and tune in to hear from Sarah Nolet this Saturday. Look after yourselves, stay safe, stay sane, and I hope you guys are enjoying a little bit of double up of humans of agriculture for your week.